You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Content warning. This podcast discusses violence, murder, suicide, civil unrest, aggressive policing, racism, and lynching. If you or anyone you know is considering suicide or self-harm or just need to talk about problems, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or text the Crisis Text Line at 741-741. Previously, on After the Uprising. Senator 14th, you may proceed. Thank you, Mr. President. This morning I woke up and I found out another young man from my district um, was murdered in the same way as two or three other people who were active in Ferguson. When I was running down to him, I said, you know, we were trying to find out, you know, what, what do we have to do to get the sheet back? And he was like, sheet, what, what are you talking about? Uh, I spoke with those in the Division of Criminal Investigation, and the proper steps will be taken to release that to, uh, to his mother. Those swabs, we do have that. That's not what we needed. We needed the sheet. You guys destroyed a sheet because a letter that I did not receive? You see how this sounds so crazy? Everything that I do is to make sure this county stays safe, to make sure that everyone gets a fair shake. And as long as I I hold this office, that I promise you, that promise I will keep. What you're looking at is the aftermath of the grand jury deciding not to indict Officer Wilson. A young man found hanging from a tree in October. His mom believes someone murdered her son, targeting him. Donye became an activist in the wake of the shooting death of Michael Brown by a white police officer. That's why Melissa McKinnis wants St. Louis County Police to dig deeper into her son's death. He was not suicidal. This is After the Uprising, 
the death of Donye Dion Jones. You know, nobody destroys evidence except in a movie. That's like very serious to lose or not be responsible for it because the way we collect evidence down the way that it uh, goes into a system, it's almost impossible to right. destroy it. And, and nobody destroys it that soon. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a process. For our final episode, we have to go backwards a bit. Back to June of 2020, when the St. Louis County Police Department destroyed the bedsheet that Danya was hanged with. In episode 8, we said that we would come back to the sheet destruction and then we ran off for a few episodes, going over what we found in Danye's phone. Well, we're back. And you just heard Captain Carol Jackson again, the retired police commander who told us back in Episode 7 that the whole Danye case was botched. This audio is from a phone call in which Melissa is explaining to Captain Jackson that the bedsheet was destroyed. Well, I'd say you have a case. See, I've done this now for 43 years. I've never, I've, I don't think I've ever heard of anything like this. So botched and... I mean, maybe something back in some back hills or something, but, you know, not in a reputable uh, municipality, you know. I would never believe this. We'll get to the bottom of this. You're doing the right thing. You just sometimes it takes a while and you have to be persistent because cops don't like to make uh, admit guilt. And I'm not saying there's a cover-up or something, but that's it. it has to be determined that it is or it isn't, and that's the, that's the question. We appreciate you. We explained in episode 8 that when we heard the sheet was destroyed, we immediately fired off sunshine requests regarding evidence in Donye's case. Well, we also contacted Sergeant Benjamin Granda of the St. Louis County Police, asking for the department's policy documents on how they manage evidence, and he sent them to us. Now those documents, in our humble opinions, need improvement if for no other reason and because they seem to contradict themselves at times as to who is allowed to destroy property and under what circumstances. But the crux of what we found that was relevant to Melissa and the bedsheet was found in a document called Departmental General Order 15-95, Evidence and Property, Disposition and Accountability. Reading through the document, we find that Section 2 states, when evidence or property is in a precinct evidence locker and can legally be returned to the owner, the case officer shall mail a notice to retrieve property, Form F-58, to the owner. A copy of the letter will be attached to the property. If the owner fails to claim the property within 30 days of notification, or the owner is unknown or unable to locate, the case officer shall... And this is where it gets tricky, because the subsections that follow don't actually logically flow from the statement that just ended. The first subsection says that the case officer needs to attach an evidence status report and forward it to the property control unit. Then the second subsection is where the meat and potatoes are. It reads, The watch commander may authorize the destroying of evidence under those circumstances where such evidence could be disposed of at the precinct station, e.g. property of little or no value. So first and foremost, Melissa should have received a letter containing what the police call an F-58, basically telling her her property is free to come collect and that she has 30 days to do so. Melissa says she never received this in the mail. Further, when we spoke with Sergeant Granda, asking what Melissa had to do to come collect the bedsheet, he said she could come anytime, 9 to 5, and to just bring her state ID. He never mentioned a timeline. He never mentioned a form or a letter. According to their own policy, not only should the lead detective, Detective Anderer, have started the process of contacting Melissa to collect her evidence, he also should have sent an evidence status report to the property department, stating that she hadn't responded. If he had done this, we should have seen it in our sunshine requests, and we didn't. Finally, the policy states that the property watch commander can destroy property of little or no value. This is a piece of evidence that the owner and her attorney told the police on multiple occasions that she wanted. If anyone should have known that, it's the case officer, Detective Anderer. This should have been noted on the evidence receipt. Remember too, the bedsheet was not released by Anderer until January 23rd of 2020, six months after Danye's case was closed. 
and only after we called the department to harangue them about it. According to their own policy document, Section 3 states very clearly, when evidence that is no longer needed is in the property control unit, the case officer shall forward an evidence status report approved by the case officer's supervisor authorizing the return or destruction of the evidence. This means the onus to get the property back to Melissa was on Anderer, and for six months, he did not do his job on this front, not until some meddling podcasters bothered him about it. We did finally see a copy of the letter that was supposedly sent to Melissa. It is dated but unsigned, and it's just a copy of a form letter. There is no certified mail receipt to prove it was ever actually put in the mail and sent to her. And like we mentioned in Episode 8, the evidence receipt for the bedsheet was not in Danye's case file for Officer Heather Hannon to find when she replied to our sunshine requests on June 26th of 2020. We asked for all the evidence receipts from the Danye Jones case, and she sent us evidence receipts for Danye's blood card and for the CD of the 911 call audio, and that's it. If there had been an evidence receipt for a destroyed bedsheet in his file, she would have found it and sent it to us. It makes us wonder if the reason it wasn't there is because the bedsheet was only destroyed after Melissa's first attempt to retrieve it, and so the receipt had not yet been returned to the case file. But why else would a piece of evidence destroyed in early March not have its evidence receipt returned to the case file by late June? Why would it take four months to move a piece of paper from one department to another? But getting to the truth on the matter is effectively impossible, as the wagons at St. Louis County PD were circled tight to protect their own, and all of our questions in this regard went unanswered. I would start with the, the prosecutor because he's the only person who really has the authority to tell them to do anything. To help us figure out how to react to the situation, we reached out to my childhood friend Ryan Mears, who happens to be the prosecutor for Marion County, Indiana, which includes Indianapolis. If this was in, in the state of Indiana, the, the question would be, is this obstruction of justice or is this administrative incompetence? And, you know, unfortunately for your mother, you know, the law is built in basically to give overwhelming deference to they're not malicious, they're not criminal, they're just incompetent. But I also, it, is, it, is it the detective's fault or is it the property room's fault? Yeah. And that would be something that would, I'd at least like mm-hmm. to know as the prosecutor is, do I have a detective who is totally subverting here? I, one thing I'll tell you, everybody's more than happy to throw everybody under the bus. So I'm guessing mm. if there's like an email or if someone called and it was the detective who, like, I would guess the property room would be like, no, 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 no. We did that because detective dipshit told us to destroy yeah. it. That's why we did it. Yeah. We didn't do that on our own. And so, I mean, I, I have a feeling if that happened, you know, they probably they'd probably be all too happy to tell you so they could be like, not our problem. And so I don't know what the law necessarily would be in Missouri, but the the only person who could probably get to the bottom of it would be a prosecutor's office if they're willing to take on that challenge of figuring out why did this happen with, with this bed sheet. So they've got a policy for when they should dispose of things and, and how they should dispose of things. But if it was made clear to them that, that you want the the property that should have happened. And, uh, you know, uh, it's tough to infer anything other than malicious intent. Ryan was recommending that the best way for Melissa to pursue justice would be through the prosecuting attorney of St. Louis County, Wesley Bell. When longtime county prosecutor Bob McCullough refused to indict Darren Wilson for killing Mike Brown Jr., it led to the second wave of uprising among the populace in Ferguson and in St. Louis County. But then, in the spring of 2015, Wesley Bell ran as a total underdog against McCullough, who was expecting to win his eighth term and who was publicly dismissive about the seriousness of Bell's candidacy. But Bell's key issue of reforming cash bail proved popular, while many in the community simply voted for him believing he would finally indict Mike Brown Jr.'s killer. Two months before Donye died, Melissa had helped canvas for Bell, and now she would need to call on him for help. You know, if someone were going to try to get your attention, how would one go about that? In other words, why, how do I get Wesley Bell to sit down <laughs> or his person to sit down with us? You know, the, the, the mom, the mom. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm pretty responsive to any victim's family. Uh, and so, you know, if the, if the mom's like saying, Hey, I don't understand this or why did this happen? So I think the mom, and then if there is a city county counselor or somebody who has oversight over his budget, who's interested, that would be the, the other thing. If Melissa was going to try to get Wesley Bell's interest or get a county counselor on board who could get Bell's interest, we had to recruit someone with some bona fides in St. Louis politics who would ensure that Melissa was taken seriously. We immediately thought about the woman whose voice you heard in episode one, the very first politician to raise public awareness about mysterious Ferguson activist deaths, Maria Chappelle Nadal. Just finished my 20 years of service to the state, and just dealing with all this is a lot and overwhelming. However, I do want to be very supportive to the process and them being open because we just simply don't trust them. You know, Melissa's family should feel as though the county is, is, is straight up and they're not playing funny business at their minimum. Because I, I can't stand St. Louis County right now. It's very vocal on this. In any way I can make it extra public, I would do so. Maria, which is what she preferred we call her, had an incredible political career in Missouri, reaching her term limits as a state senator representing Ferguson, then taking a step down the ladder in order to continue serving as a state rep, finally reaching her term limits for that position as well. Maria was in a transition, but she agreed to guide Melissa in her pursuit of justice. She said she didn't want to get into taking a side on the homicide versus suicide issue, just whether or not rules were broken by Detective Anderer or others with the bedsheet. She was very open that she did not trust a lot of the officials in St. Louis County, but went on to say this. Leslie Bell is totally different, but I do feel as though because of our racial tensions and, and history of systemic racism and cover-up in police departments, there should be, um, you know, a little bit more uh, light brought onto the situation. That's how I feel, if that makes sense. Maria trusted Bell, which was good to hear. We told Maria about the suggestion Prosecutor Ryan Mears had given us. He thought if this had happened in his jurisdiction, the best thing before, like, public call-outs and things would just be an attempt to get a, a personal private meeting between the mother and himself. He would hear this person out if he was, you know, approached by Melissa. I do feel we'll be taken more seriously and are more likely to get a 10-minute meeting with, with between Wesley and Melissa if, say, someone of your stature, you know, put in a word. That's no big deal. Okay. That's not a big deal to me. I just have to sit down and right. focus. The stuff you have can put somebody in hot water. I'm just telling you politically. You are in an incredible position to put these white people who haven't done shit in a precarious situation on behalf of black people in St. Louis County and otherwise. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring 
Bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Hello, iHeart listener. We have a confession to make. Both iHeart and this commercial you're listening to right now would probably sound a heck of a lot better on the new Roku Pro Series TV. It's got side-firing speakers that fill your room with sound, Dolby Atmos audio that puts you right in the middle of the entertainment, and the ability to pair seamlessly with your home theater sound systems that already have surround sound and booming bass. If all that sounds too good to be true, it'll sound even better on the new Roku Pro Series. Your hearing isn't better. Your TV is. Maria agreed to reach out to Bell's office on Melissa's behalf. She also offered to read a letter into the St. Louis County Council meeting record regarding the issue with Anderer and the destruction of the bedsheet. After listening to Maria's statement being read into the record, Melissa felt inspired to take even bolder action. We were able to get a hold of Wesley Bell's assistant's personal cell phone number, and we gave it to Melissa. Hello? Hi, is this Miss Martinez? Yes. Hi, um, my name is Melissa McKinnis. Uh-huh. I'm Danye Jones's mom. We have been trying to contact Mr. Bell about his case. Okay. And Okay. I was wondering if we can set up a time maybe to sit down and speak with him in regards to okay. the handling of my son's evidence and his case. Okay, what, what, what case is it? I need a little bit more information. And did mm-hmm. I give you this phone number or who gave you this number? No, um, we, we found, we, we have been calling, period. Okay. Yeah. And what type of case is it? He was a 24-year-old that was found hanging from um, a tree with his pants down. In St. Louis County? In in St. Louis County, yes. And that was in 2018. So this was before he took office? Yes, yes. We've started our own investigation, private investigation. Uh And we let the detective know that we would need the sheet that was used for our private investigation. Okay. And not only I, You're but... you talking about the, the, the sheet that was seized by police? Yes. So, I'm just getting a call a few days ago let me know that the, the evidence that we needed was destroyed. Oh, okay. So, let me just ask you this. You want to meet with Wesley Bell, but where's... Was any kind of, any of the case, anything presented to the prosecutor's office? Maria Chappelle Nadal. Uh-huh. She just sent, uh, she sent a letter and also called oh. twice. Okay. And did anyone give me, this is my personal cell phone number. I'm just trying to figure out how this number came out. It was just given to oh. us. Oh, okay. Yeah. What, um, I'm going to text you my email address, and then if you can respond with some available dates, um, and then we'll just go from there. I'll be able to set something up. Um, he's okay. not going to be available this week. Okay. But anything that you, any available dates and times that you have um, for the next couple of weeks in July. Bell's assistant, Tamika Martinez, promised to bring the issue to Bell's attention. At this point, all we could do was wait. In the meantime, Maria Chappelle Nadal received a letter back about her statement to the county council from Tim Fitch, the former St. Louis County police chief who had given Detective Anderer his first chief's commendation. Fitch had since been elected a county councilor. He wrote to Maria, I professionally know Detective Timothy Anderer. I've never known him to be anything but a dedicated and ethical police officer and an excellent criminal investigator. If one of my family members ever died under suspicious circumstances, I would want Detective Anderer to conduct the investigation. He also cc'd the new chief of police, Colonel Mary Barton, meaning the county police were now aware of Melissa's concerns about Anderer and the destruction of the bedsheet. To help Melissa's cause, Maria had also reached out to Bell's office, and she became anxious when she didn't get a reply from him. I just have to tell you, I have never had another elected official's office never call me back. This is the first time in 20 years of service 
where an elected official never called me back. Maria ended up confronting Bell on Twitter, telling him that his assistant, Ms. Martinez, had guaranteed Melissa a meeting. Maria stated that she sent a letter to Bell's office and had called him twice. Bell apparently hid that tweet of Maria's, which exacerbated her frustration, so she prodded him again, asking why he hid that message when a mother's son was dead. Bell replied that it was because he does not discuss sensitive matters via Twitter. He continued that Maria had his cell number and should call him, which is a little ridiculous because the whole kerfuffle started because Maria was complaining about Bell not calling her back. Amazing! I mean, he made me mad. Like, I felt I was doing the exercise. I'd never experienced an elected official not call me back, even the ones who hate me call me back. That's you incredible know, to hear you say that. I was going to ask you how typical this is. is this, this, is this is the first time. This is the first time. Even like Lacey and I hate each other, but his staff right. always calls me back to help somebody out. This is the first time ever. And I want to be able yeah. to say that on your podcast because what we're yeah. talking about is the process. Well, I, I told you before, I'm not going to get into yeah. What happened, what didn't happen, because I don't trust this, I don't know. But I said I would be supportive in understanding the process. Ironically enough, up to this point, Maria did not want to be a voice in our podcast. She wanted to help Melissa go through the bureaucratic process to make sure that she got heard and to make sure the issues at hand were out in the light of day. And it's the same thing that happened in Ferguson. People did not know how to reach out their elected officials. So this is a continuation on the, like, governmental side, what your responsibility is as an elected official. And even if you're not emotionally involved, you can at bare minimum do a letter. You can at bare minimum do a phone call. But you know what? Like, I said I wasn't going to do this podcast, and you know I wasn't going to do this podcast. I told you I didn't want to do it. I'm sick and tired, and I just, I'm trying to transition. But now that Wesley Bell is lying... After this call, Maria took to Twitter and wrote, Melissa McKinney's called me in desperation to get questions answered regarding her son's death. At the time, she requested that I participate in a podcast to help explain how electeds follow up on such matters. I adamantly refused. Until today. I now look forward to this podcast series. We were thrilled to have Maria's support and assistance. While waiting to hear from Bell's office regarding Melissa's case... Bell took to the media to make a statement on another issue that would end up letting down a lot of people in St. Louis and around the country. Because of the significance of this case to this community, and because the family asked, I believed it was necessary to conduct a re-examination of the evidence in the case and come to our own conclusion as to whether Darren Wilson committed a crime under Missouri law when he shot Michael Brown. Our newly formed Conviction and Incident Review Unit conducted a five-month review of the evidence, examining thousands of pages of witness statements, forensic reports, and other evidence. Although this case represents one of the most significant moments in St. Louis's history, the question for this office was a simple one. Could we prove beyond a reasonable doubt that when Darren Wilson shot Michael Brown, he committed murder? or manslaughter under Missouri law. After an independent and in-depth review of the evidence, we cannot prove that he did. Out of respect for Michael Brown and and for his family, I do not intend to relitigate the evidence in this case. These facts have been aired in public time and again, and this is a time for us to reflect on Michael's life, to support Michael's family, and to honor a transformative movement that will forever be linked to his name. My heart breaks for Michael's father, Michael Brown Sr., and his mother, Leslie McSpadden. I know this is not the result they were looking for and that their pain will continue forever. It was disappointing to learn that Bell would not be reopening the Mike Brown case or indicting Darren Wilson. Perhaps he was right in that he couldn't secure a conviction of Wilson under existing statutes. But the political rhetoric at the end about honoring Michael's memory and honoring a transformational movement forever attached to his name, it seemed so cynical. Bell could have made a fiery speech about how existing laws need to be changed. He could have taken a stance about how any system that allows for such outcomes is a system in dire need of restructuring. No, Bell can't write or unwrite laws, 
but he certainly can fire up the public about the need to do so. He could send a message to the people of Ferguson and St. Louis County who elected him, who gave so much on the streets that he needed them to rise again, to push on the people who can change the laws, and to push on the people who can hold the police to account, rather than just slouching away after milquetoast suggestions of honoring this or remembering that. After absorbing this news, we hoped it wasn't a sign as to whether or not Bell would be willing to hear out Melissa regarding Danye's case. The reason why I am inquiring today is because at the end of uh, June, the beginning of July, I sent a letter to the police commission, and I have not I have not gotten a response in my office at all, and this is the case dealing with Melissa McKinney's. For her part, Maria had the idea to approach the police commission about the destruction of the bedsheet and see what they were willing to do on the matter. First, she sent them a letter, and then when the commission had a meeting, she signed up to make a comment. And one, I'd just like to know at what point, if at all, does the commission respond to legislators' inquiries? And if you don't, it would be great if the police commission supported a citizen review board so that individuals who feel that they are injured get some type of justice. Yes, my understanding is that that matter is under review by the department. This was all done via a Zoom meeting due to COVID-19. So the responses by the commissioner are barely audible, as the signal is very distorted. We won't make you suffer them. The long and short is that the commissioner told Maria that the department was currently reviewing the issue of the bedsheet being destroyed. It was the first any of us had heard that such a review was happening. Then, Melissa finally got a call from Wesley Bell's office to schedule an in-person meeting between her and Bell. Melissa invited us to come with her, to help her present the information that we had collected up to that point. So, on August 20th, the three of us all walked together through the doors of the Buzz Westfall Justice Center in Clayton, the seat of St. Louis County, past the very spot where Melissa had held her press conference two weeks after Danye's death, asking to be taken seriously. Now, she was here. 97 7, any symptoms? No. Okay. Any symptoms? No. Yeah, I'm meeting. So we're also going to Wesley Bell's office? Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Carl. Thank you. Okay. You're good to go. We made our way upstairs, where we met a social worker named Lisa, who walked us into the grand jury room, where we found a semicircle of wooden tables surrounded by chairs. There we sat and waited. This is so crazy right now. It feels like everything is left my mind. My mind feels blank. No. I just ask God to just guide my tongue, you know, and give me strength and touch his heart and his mind to want to listen and help. After a few minutes, Lisa came back into the room and began speaking with us. And I mean, truly, whenever we meet with families, I mean, Wesley always opens it up. He will answer any questions that he possibly can. Um, he'll take as much time as you guys need. And I apologize, Mr. Lisa Jones. Mm-hmm. I'm Ray. Ray. John. Hi, John. Nice to meet you, Lisa. Are you guys attorneys or? No. Um, basically, ind- just independent investigators, gotcha. investigative uh, reporters, writers. They, when I when I don't remember things, they remember. They yes, yes. I I just couldn't see myself doing this part. You know, what During our conversation with Lisa, she offered up an interesting piece of information. Is there something going on? To my knowledge, no. There, I mean, there were several young men who were activists at the time. Um, two of them, there are suspects. There has never been enough to charge. Um, so technically, yes, it remains an open and active case until such time that we can charge somebody. Um, but right now, um, I mean, the warrants on one of the individuals, they applied for warrants, and it was refused at the time just because we didn't have enough 
evidence, but it, new evidence comes to light all the time on old cases. I think I know who. Darren? Darren or DeAndre? Yeah. Yes, I can't remember which one, but it was, they were involved with some stuff outside of this, and it, we, we feel like we know who did it, but we don't have enough to charge. Lisa is saying that there are suspects in the death of Ferguson activist Darren Seals. We asked if the suspects pointed to a hate crime. Based on the suspects, does it appear that people racially motivated crimes or otherwise? On the case that I know about, no. It was about their activity that had nothing to do with their activism. After a few more minutes, Bell and his entourage entered the room. Yes. I'm sorry, John and Ray. Yes. Nice to meet you, sir. Thank you for taking the time. This is Ron Goldstein, sir, head investigator. Tim Smoke. And this is Clay Hi. There's some things that you wanted to lead with, and this is an informal conversation, so we can just kind of talk. Ask okay. questions as they arise. I don't you feel like you got to come with them here, remarks or anything like that, but we want this discussion with you. Okay. Um, first off, I would like to thank you. I would like to thank you for sitting here to speak with me. I mean, I understand your, your standpoint. You know, I understand that you have to do certain things and, you, and your hands are tied with certain things, but I just ask that you just, you know, take this with open heart. Um, and that's just because um, my, my son, um, Donnie Jones, um, he was my caregiver, you know, he was my protector. And um, what happened on October 17th it's, it's, it's devastating. Melissa spoke for another moment, trying to keep herself together. Bell then stopped the meeting abruptly when he noticed our audio recorder and told us that the meeting wasn't for public consumption. So we will have to just describe what transpired. The meeting ran for an hour and a half, and we had prepared three ring binders that included everything on the case, the various oddities about the cars, the strange ligature, the extra DNA on the bedsheet, the violent characters in Donye's life, the missing time the night he died, and even printouts of Detective Anderer's Pinterest posts, just so we would know that the prosecutor knows that they exist. Bell's lead investigator, a man named Ron Goldstein, asked thoughtful questions, and we made a specific ask that they eliminate Derek and Daniel as the possible sources of mystery DNA that was on the bedsheet. They agreed to work on this. The only thing we held back was the YouTube search. And the only reason we did so was because when this meeting happened, we had only just discovered it ourselves. And we hadn't finished going through Danye's phone data yet. Going through someone's data takes time, and we weren't certain yet of what we had found. For instance, at that point, we still didn't know what time of day the search had been made, and we didn't know that it came from an Apple device. And we hadn't yet seen the data change over the coming two months, appearing very much as though somebody else was still accessing Danye's Google account. We also hadn't yet heard from Deja about the Facebook post, and we didn't even know about the potential iPad floating around out there that Danye briefly owned. But we absolutely asked the prosecutor and his team to subpoena both Google and Apple for Danye's records. We wanted them to look over all of the phone and web data themselves, Desperately, we wanted that because we knew that their team would have far more experience and expertise in such matters than we do. Before leaving the meeting, we asked the investigator, Ron Goldstein, if there was a way to get the medical examiner to change Danye's cause of death, from suicide to undetermined. Ron replied that while he had seen it happen, it was rare. We left the Justice Center and walked with Melissa up the road a bit. It's in God's hands at this moment. You know, I think it's going to, the truth is going to come out. And I really, as far, especially as far as the investigation, and I also want them to know how I felt about the police, that I'm not one of the activists that just hate the police, that are against all police, that are just all against all white people. I'm open to anything 
as long as I can get at least a proper investigation for Kanye. How do you feel about today versus the the day it happened and like the police on scene at your home? Do you feel like the level of respect you have gotten is now up? Do you feel like you're being respected as like an individual and a citizen and a mother? Oh yes. I think they know the power in and in, in, in of my voice and and how far I would go that I will I will be open I will speak out I will call you out on your shit um excuse me I think the respect is there if if not if not anything else the respect is is there at, at least as Danielle's mother you know and that I'm and they know that I'm not going to just give up mm-hmm. or, or be quiet about it yeah that he don't have a dumb mom, you know, you know, but, um, do you think Danya would be proud of you today? Yes. I know he probably get frustrated sometimes when I, I cry and I yell, Danya, I need you right now. You know, I know he wants to be here and he tries, but I, I, I think he's proud that I'm even going on, on so many days when I don't I don't feel like it like today you know I didn't want to get out of the bed you know but I know that I have to do this and I and I'm, I'm praying that something good comes from this so that I can it can motivate me to do it for more people you know because if I can do it for that yeah I know I can do it for others you know yeah and I think we'll make a good team. <laughs> one of the things that I think is one of your strengths is that you don't pretend that Danye was perfect. Right. Like he was, you know, he was ambitious and there was great things about him. But you mentioned, you told them, like, look, he sold, he sold drugs. Mm-hmm. He did it um, a little bit. He wanted the money. And, but it seemed to have involved him with some bad people. Yeah. You know, and like, he didn't hide that to protect his reputation. And yeah. I think that helps. Yeah. Um, I had to. Um, I wanted him to, I wanted them to look at him as a, a human being, you know, because that's the problem that we, we tend to make sometimes, even with uh, Mike Brown's situation, you know, when they say, oh, no, he was this gentle giant and all this. And the more we looked into it, the more we found out, you know, he wasn't perfect, but he did not deserve to be murdered. I hate to say it like this, but... My life um, is no longer because you know they they've made uh, an angry mom out of me, and I'm very devoted to my children. And this is something that I will always speak out on. You know. Do you think that you can be happy? Javon is here. Javon has children. Alicia's here. Alicia has children. You've got a wonderful family. I mean, is there a place, a peace at least, with, with God or religion or anything that you can find to like, even if you're always mad, or you, do you think you can be I, happy? I. I, it's hard, right now it's hard to say because I still have my the memory is vivid of what I I had seen I, I see and I see it all the time you know um, and so right now I don't see myself being happy because I don't feel I deserve to be happy until Tanya is somewhat satisfied and I don't feel him being satisfied right now because I'm not satisfied um, so that's where the no smiling comes from If even if I feel like if I'm looking at something that's funny I won't laugh but inside I'm like I'll say something like you see that down yet because I know he'll laugh but I I don't feel right smiling you know Uh, I just don't feel comfortable 
do you think that he would want you to be able to laugh? To be able to oh, smile? Yeah. yeah, he would want me to laugh. He hated for me to be mad or sad or worried. But do I think he would understand what was going on right now with me? Yeah. Because he knows how I was with the other cases. I was serious, you know. It's just that this time I, I, I just don't see the time or the space to be happy or right now. In September, Melissa returned to activism for the first time. This is a Facebook Live post she made. Hello, I'm out here in St. Charles, Missouri. How you doing? We're out by the AMC Theater, theater out off of 5th Street. Look, I'm not out here to stay, but I'm out here to watch my people's back. And honestly, if you have a loved one or any loved ones or, or care about what's going on out here, I, we, I ask that you, you, you come out because these white folk out here, they are here ready to clown. And I think that we really would need your help today. One of the commenters on the post mentioned the street Melissa now lived on, at the new home she had recently moved to, the address for which she avoided sharing. So it appears the thinly veiled threats persist. In October, Melissa, her family, and their closest supporters planned a memorial for the two-year anniversary of Danye's death. They announced on Facebook that they would hold a vigil on the Chain of Rocks Bridge, which is suspended over the Mississippi River between Missouri and Illinois. It was one of Danye's favorite places to spend time with his siblings. They arrived to find nine police cars from the Missouri Highway Patrol waiting for them. So, Javon, he called me while we were on our way. He said, it's all police up here in just parts. And I said, this is so stupid. There's no threat in having a memorial for my son. You know how many cars showed up? Probably about nine or ten. Damn, nine or well, ten for a vigil? Right, and it, 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 the thing is, it's like, to have that many for a vigil is ridiculous. It's not like we were trying to shut the river down, you know, but that just lets you know that there's still threatened, they feel threatened, or they, they're watching page or whatever, which is, that's fine. But it's really disrespectful. In February of 2021, a source gave us copies of two letters. One is a resignation letter of a police recruit complaining of discrimination. The other was a letter sent by the Ethical Society of Police to the St. Louis County Police Chief, Mary Barton. That letter describes the resignation of that recruit, and it says he specifically mentions instructor Anderer. Now, this is not a reference to Detective Anderer, but to his wife Amy, who, remember, trains incoming officers at the police academy. Back in episode four, we mentioned her racist and otherwise questionable Pinterest posts. Well, the letter about her goes on to say that the resigning recruit claims, quote, that Anderer's actions are race-based because she reserves the vilest language and criticisms for the African-American recruits. As of the writing of this episode, this issue is still hush-hush in St. Louis County, though the Ethical Society of Police and several individual officers are suing the St. Louis County Police for racial discrimination. And that is where we plan to end it. Full circle, with Melissa active again, still being monitored by the police, still harassed by anonymous strangers, but with a glimmer of hope, having finally felt heard and taken seriously by the establishment in St. Louis County regarding Danye's death. But you probably noticed there's a few more minutes left in this episode. That's because this is St. Louis, after all, and it just couldn't end that way. Like Danye leaving for Colorado and Idaho, but then coming home to Missouri the year he died. There is a weight to St. Louis a gravity that pulls people back in that can't help but try to hold them down. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, 
a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to have supervision, enhanced hearing, extraordinary reflexes, to be, dare we say, superhuman? Well, Roku's new Pro Series TV can't do any of that for you. But with a 4K screen, side-firing speakers, and a blazing fast refresh rate, it'll sure feel like it. Elevate your entertainment using all your favorite apps like iHeart and play all your music, radio, and podcasts with the new Roku Pro Series. Your senses aren't better. Your TV is. When was the last time that uh, Ron called you or or updated you? Was that a couple weeks ago? (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah. Um... Well, yeah, if you have the ability to set up something for later in the week, just a general check-in, then we can push harder. Ray, I want to present to him what we've seen in the data. I want to be able to show him that his Google data has changed since we looked at it, as though somebody somebody else has access to his account or device. I do want to present that YouTube search and present all of this in context and be like, there's a poss- you know, there's a possibility that that was Donye's YouTube search, but it also is very strange that his data is being changed right now. Um, right. Like, so, like, that is very squirrely and weird, and that could be our push for getting the, them to subpoena Google. Like, that's a real action that could have real results. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Months had gone by since our meeting with Wesley Bell, and Derek and Daniel never heard from anyone in Bell's office about doing a DNA swap. We called his lead investigator, Ron Goldstein, several times, as we desperately wanted to share with his office everything we found in Donye's phone. And to be clear, Ron had given us his business card and told us to contact him if we had leads to share. Once we saw that data from the 17th of October had been deleted from Donye's YouTube history after we had first seen and documented it, we thought it was imperative that we give Bell and his investigators everything and ask again that they please subpoena Google and Apple and find out the specific devices that made the posts in question and determine if they could the locations from where they were made. But despite our calls and messages, Ron never responded to us. And then, one day, Ron called Melissa. He told her that the FBI was investigating and that she should expect to hear from FBI agents in the next couple of days. So we were kind of thinking we were going to end it with you presenting to Wesley Bell, um, feeling that you've maybe been heard, and it might be nice to provide an update at the end to let people know that the feds are looking at this. Oh, my heart is, is pounding. But um, like you said, by, by the end of the week, for sure, right. I should have a visit. We were happy to hear this, thinking that an outside law enforcement agency could come in with more expertise and hopefully perform an unbiased, rigorous look into Donye's death. So it was odd when investigators never approached Melissa, but instead, letters arrived at the homes of both Melissa and Maria Chappelle Nadal. They were from the new St. Louis County Police Chief, Colonel Mary Barton. In brief, they read, Dear Representative Chappelle Nadal, the attention you have dedicated to the death of Mr. Donye Jones is admirable. 
I sincerely apologize for the delay in my response to you. However, I wanted to be thorough in a response and requested a legal opinion regarding our agency's evidence retention procedures. The policies of the St. Louis County Police Department in place at the time were followed. We have examined the procedures of evidence. Opportunities for improvement have been identified, both in the length of retention and in the notification process. Our procedures are in the process of being updated, and those changes will be implemented department-wide. I requested an independent review of the incident and subsequent investigation. The FBI Civil Rights Unit assisted in this matter. Their review found no errors in the investigation and concluded that no federal crime had been committed. Then there was some other pap in the letter about condolences to Melissa, but the takeaway is that the St. Louis County Police wanted to cover their asses in case Melissa sued them. The letter went on to explain that there were no legal concerns with regards to the personnel who investigated Danye's death. So what it looks like they're saying there is Detective Anderer didn't break any laws with his poor conduct, with his bogus business card, with his not canvassing the neighborhood, with his waiting two weeks to request a DNA sample from pants that had already been returned, and never requesting secondary swabbing after learning DNA from mystery parties was on the ligature. No, none of that was a crime. Melissa never claimed Anderer broke the law, just that he was in effect biased against her and her son because of her history of activism. We immediately sent an email to Sergeant Granda requesting the police chief interview with us about the details of the investigation. Within a minute, he sent back a reply denying the request. We again asked that all officers involved in the investigation be offered the opportunity to talk with us for our podcast. We were again told none would be talking. In the absence of any official interviews, we also sent a list of 27 facts to Sergeant Granda and requested a simple response of true or false to each. The only response he sent said, I have received your email. Thank you, and have a nice day. We sent sunshine requests to the St. Louis County PD asking for all records regarding an FBI investigation into Danye's case and or the destruction of evidence in that case. After all, the letters they sent to Maria and Melissa stated evidence retention policies were being updated after this FBI review, so we figured... Something had to be on paper about this somewhere within their office. When our request was closed, with the reason that there were no relevant documents, we were flabbergasted. So we wrote the records department an email basically saying, Really? The FBI Civil Rights Division came in at the request of the chief of police. They reviewed either the whole case, or at least a portion of it, and no one wrote anything down about this anywhere? And their response was basically, Yeah, no. We have nothing on this. The FBI, too, declined to interview with us, only saying that yes, they did a review, and no, they did not believe the case warranted further investigation. So we don't exactly know who from the FBI looked over Danye's case, or what exactly they looked over. They for damn sure didn't speak with Melissa or anyone in her family. As far as we can tell, they spoke to the same police who did a bare minimum job in the first place and gave their work an FBI stamp of approval. It's nice to know that the FBI Civil Rights Division doesn't think it's necessary to go and speak with a black family when they claim their son's death wasn't properly investigated. The letter sent to Melissa says, policies around the handling of evidence are being revised, which, to be frank, sounds like somebody fucked up somewhere regarding the bedsheet, but they don't want to say who or what specifically they found to be problematic. Because if everything was done perfectly and there were no problems, why change policy department-wide, right? At the end of the day, it just looks to us like the St. Louis County Police Department was afraid of being sued by Melissa in civil court. And they wanted to get a head start on covering their butts. Never was anything mentioned again about the propriety of having Detective Anderer on the force, despite the prosecutor's office knowing that he has racist, and other questionable social media posts in addition to his previous incident of assaulting black protesters and bragging about it. So the FBI investigation was sort of a bust. We were sitting with Melissa talking about it when she called Ron one last time. Melissa, this is Ron. Hi, Ron. How are you? Hi. I'm okay. Um... I have um, John 
and Ray here. Um, they've been they've been trying to contact you about Danye's case. Well, well, see, here's here's my situation. Okay. Okay. I will. I'll certainly talk to you, and obviously, you could put me on speaker or record me or whatever. And I, I, I respect you, Melissa, and I, I feel terribly for what that you're going through. But, um, I, you know, those guys, they are doing what they're doing, and I will deal with you. I will answer your questions. Um, okay. In, in regards, and I think you know, they left a message in regards to what's going on with with this office and all of that. And, right. and when I think of last, last time I talked to you, I told you about a letter that the police had sent you, and, and I don't know if you received that, and I don't even know what the content of that letter is. I just know that it was, it was uh, sent by the police department. I would say to you, and what they're asking, the fellows that are there with you, is any information that you have that you that you think or they think or you think right. would be helpful in identifying anyone connected to this. Okay. I would refer that to the police department or the FBI. Um, as far as the other question, I believe they had was in regards to the DNA. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I never heard. Obviously, I never heard from um, your ex or Kanye's uh, no. uncle, but the. That really wouldn't matter at this point because what I was told was that um, there is not sufficient enough uh, amount of uh, lower uh, profile DNA that was found on uh, the bedsheet that could be compared um, to anyone. So there's that's not even a, it's a mood issue right now. So oh wow, uh, that answers. That answers the other question. I, I, didn't, I thought I told you that, but maybe no. I didn't. I no, because no one I tried I to contact them. them. Yeah, I know that I told you I had asked you to have those uh, those men call me. They never did. No, I, in between the In between the time that, that I had asked that and mm-mm. probably a month or so ago, um, I learned that there was not sufficient uh, material to even compare, so... No, but you asked me to give me give you their information, and I did. Yeah, I was. Yeah, well, we both see it. Probably, remember our memories are different, or we both see it differently. So, is there anyone that do you know who we can talk to at at the FBI at all? Because someone someone is using Danye's Google account, even as we speak. Right. So, again, I would. I would forward that information to them. Uh, for them to so you're not, you can't help me at all. We're not, you know, I'm not. We're not going to go into that part of it. That would be the, the agencies that actually investigated that. Uh, the police department investigated this. The FBI investigated this. So they are the ones that that have looked at this. We we met with you to kind of answer your questions. But any follow-up investigation regarding any uh, leads that that you or anyone else feels should be looked at. So Wesley uh, Bell isn't helping either. Well, I'm speaking for the office right now, so. Okay, that's all I needed to know. Thank you. Now, what does that tell you? to them if they'd have reached out you know because you know, it needs to be cleared and clarified that's not what he asked for he asked for y'all number that's why I gave it to him never reached out so what do we even say now how do we wrap this up with a bow well we don't certainly there are people who having heard all of our episodes will conclude that Danye Jones died by suicide And maybe they are right. 
but it's so hard to hear the people who knew Danye so well, to look into their eyes as they speak, and to hear the pleading in their voices when they insist that he just wouldn't have harmed himself, and to not really want to support them, to at least say, I get it. But with the bedsheet destroyed, with Wesley Bell bowing out, and the FBI refusing to step up to subpoena Google and Apple, we will never know for sure. I ended up having a crazy dream about a panther. And the panther was pulling on my hand, holding on my hand and arms. And we were trying to hold each other. And um, I woke up. After the Uprising is directed, produced, investigated, written, and reported by myself, Reno Vyshelsky, and John Duffy. John Duffy was also the editor. Dave Cassidy was producer. Sound engineering, design, and mix by Josh Condon. Executive producers were Matt McDonough and Tina Xeros for Now This. Brett Kushner for Group 9 Media. And Jess Borave was executive in charge of production. Jonathan Hartwig and Bradley Rayford were consulting producers. Eliza Craig was assistant producer and did additional reporting. Mallory Kenoy was a writer's assistant. Kristen McVicker and Taya Wilson were production assistants. And Haley Klesmer was a post-production assistant. Fact-checking by Allison Humes. Theme song and other music by Zachary Walter. Legal by Keith Sklar and Peter Yazzie. Special thanks to Ann Frado, Danny Gonzalez, Barbara Koppel, Alex Lester, Bethann Macaluso, Emily Marinoff, Ruth Vaca, and the Reporters Committee for Freedom of the Press. After the Uprising is a production of Double Asterisk, iHeartMedia, and Now This in association with True Stories. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook. If you have useful information about the death of Danye Jones or anything we've covered, please leave a message on our tip line at 347-674-7401. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to have supervision, enhanced hearing, extraordinary reflexes, to be, dare we say, superhuman? Well, Roku's new Pro Series TV can't do any of that for you. But with a 4K screen, side-firing speakers, and a blazing fast refresh rate, it'll sure feel like it. Elevate your entertainment using all your favorite apps like iHeart and play all your music, radio, and podcasts with the new Roku Pro Series. Your senses aren't better. Your TV is.